Hello, everyone. It is Jet Tattersall with you again. Welcome back to the Women in Pop podcast. Thank you for tuning in today, wherever you are. Now, before we start today's show, we are very close to releasing the next issue of our print magazine. But until then, you can still get your hands on issue 11, which features the amazing Blackpink on the cover. Inside, you will find interviews with Natalie Imbruglia, Jessie Ware, Maisie Peters, Lauren Mabry from Churches, and many more. We also celebrate the 40th, can you believe it, 40th anniversary of the iconic bangles across 10 pages. You can buy your copy now at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe or at a news agency near you. Our guest today, though, <laughs> she has recently released her debut album, Queen of Turbulent Hearts, which I just think is probably one of the greatest titles ever. Um, it is a gorgeous collection of electropop, indie pop, heartfelt cinematic ballads brimming with just female energy. Um, she is currently touring, uh, touring the country with Lime Cordial. And we here at Women in Pop are huge fans because she kind of rocks and she has killer hair. It is none other than Aluka. Aluka, hello and welcome to Women in Pop. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's a delight. And can I just say massive congratulations on just wonderful titles for things. (laughs) Thank you. I do have to say I like get a little bit obsessed over titles. Some people are like the title comes last but for me, I have like, actually, I'll, I'll admit, I haven't actually told anyone this, but I have a like a note on my phone with pretty much like a full list of titles for songs. So I'm, I'm like fairly obsessed with, with titles and I'll often start a song with a title um, before anything else comes, melody. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little obsession of mine. Can I ask you, when you were at school, did you also spend a lot of time colouring in the heading before you did any work? Oh, absolutely. I was always the one that was doing little drawings on the side of maths, textbooks and, um, yeah, colouring in things, absolutely. And have you been known to buy a (laughs) bottle of wine because of the pretty label? Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) You're speaking my language right now. (laughs) Okay. I just had to get a picture there. Um... I want to, before I get into the album completely, I want to play Higher Love. So I'm going to do that now. Now, this song is just joy, and I know it's joy soaked in reminiscence. Can you talk me through a little bit of this one? Absolutely, yeah. This song was written in Nashville um, a couple of years ago when I was there, and I was really falling in love with that place, with that city, with the energy of that, that whole world for the first time. And I was doing lots of writing sessions, and I was in this really, really euphoric, um, kind of transcendent state. I don't know what it is about that place, but it's like speaks my soul in some way. Um, and I was doing a writing session with two writers from there. Um, and it, that song just came out of this really, yeah, beautiful and euphoric time. And that the whole making of the song was really effortless. And a lot of what you actually hear in the track now is exactly what we did the first day. And there was just something magic 
in the air and and that's so yeah beautiful that you you feel that energy from it too because it was written in that state um and i i love listening to it for that reason because it really brings me back to that time it's absolutely gorgeous and i love how it plays into the whole album which sounds like it's just the many facets of a woman. And in this case, obviously the woman is you because you're putting this sound out there, but it's got so many influences on this album without chasing a hit. And that's like a massive compliment to it, by the way. Yeah. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like you're going single, single, single. They're all very different, but at the same time, it's the same person. Um, so I think you've done an incredible job. Can you talk me through a little bit about, I've just told you my intention. <laughs> <laughs> your album um, can you tell me a little bit about what you wanted to do going in and collating this creature as a whole yeah yeah no I, I love that you just said that because I think for me one of my I think one of my ambitions is trying to show a woman in all of her facets as you say I I'm a multi-dimensional being. I'm euphoric sometimes and 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 complex. You know, I'm there's been heartbreak, which is on the record. There's there's longing and this kind of nostalgic aching for something I've never gotten, but I've um yeah, there's so many facets to it. And I think going into it, I wanted to show me and all my yeah, in, in all my complexity in some way, um, and take people on a, a journey of of to explore kind of every facet of what it can look like and yeah I, I think I, I love what you just said because I, I really that's that's what I wanted to show and I I wasn't chasing um it wasn't even about all the the best songs that there were it was, it was more of a journey thing for me putting this full body of work together and and being able to show me in all my different textures and colors so yeah that was that was yeah kind of what I was trying to do well, you've done a kick-ass job of it. And I, I love that you have always been incredibly transparent in that journey. I know when we spoke last, you spoke about the messiness. I mean, it was actually when the single Messy had come out, um, but you spoke about the messiness of uh, your life and the career mm -hmm. and not in the sense of like trauma, but in the sense of battles. And you were open about... Um, what people would pin as failures and how that made you felt and how you were made to feel. But you also spoke about the importance of speaking about these issues because it's, uh, it's a really dangerous mindset to be in. And I can't imagine for a lot of young artists thinking that they have to get it right straight out of the gate. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think, as you say, I do call my road a, a messy one. And as you say, not necessarily in a traumatic one but just in there's been so many twists and turns and you know dead ends and I've had to turn back and go another way and it's never felt um easy and, and nor should it but it's it's it has felt at times a little like a little bit of a battle in it and it's me continuing have continuing to check in with myself and finding the joy and the beauty in that rather than frustration and and I think yeah, as a woman, um, I think where there's there's more at stake, right? When you put yourself out there, there's more at stake. Yeah, there's more at stake. You're more you're held to more um, uh, you're held to a higher standard basically than men are. You know, there's the whole idea of men failing up, which which means they get a promotion if they make a mistake, <laughs> which you see time and time again. And, 
And I think being a woman, I, I think because there's less space for us to take up in whatever arena you're in, the stakes are higher. And it means that if you if you mess up or fail, there's and, and you do feel it, I think being socialized as a, as a female, there's there is more at stake in and you feel like you've got to get it right. And if you fail, you know, that you should kind of take a step back or let, let someone else come through and, and get it right. And I, I see this so much and I think I'm lucky in terms of, and, and it's probably why I'm still doing what I do is that I have gotten a bit of a thick skin. I don't know if it's from my mom, who I think is a bit the same, but I've seen so many women around me who are so talented, you know, make a mistake or, or not even, it's not even about failing. It's, it's just maybe not getting to where they want to go immediately and kind of seeing that as this big failure and um, stepping away from it. And it, it, I always wonder what, what songs would have been written or what labels would have signed other, you know, more diverse female acts if, if, if this wasn't the case. Um, and especially in spaces like, you know, for female producers or female mix engineers or A&R heads, you know, there's a lot more people women in music now in the creative sorry it's all creative but in the making of the music let's Mm. say that Um, but there's still you know so little space in other areas of the music industry and I yeah I always think about like what if there was more female label heads what acts would they have signed that that you'd be hearing from now that that were never signed because it was a an an older white man in charge she was picking stuff that resonated with him and it's a different experience of the world um and so of course an older white man is going to resonate with something different than you know a woman of color for example so I always think about that I'm like what what are we missing what are we missing out on because of this this expectation that women have to get it right um and so yeah I try to be transparent and and talk a lot about how many fuck-ups I've had you know whether that's being dropped by a label or you know having to to walk away from a manager because it wasn't quite right or or try and releasing something and having it pulled or you know whether it's whatever it is I've 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 really done all the what you would classify as as failings um and I I'm still still doing it and still very much dedicated to my work and and my music so yeah, I try to be as, as transparent about as that as I can. And I think for artists who are doing this, it's a way of it's a way of life rather than this 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 job that you have to get right. And I think when you take a bit of that pressure off and, and for me it's something that I hope to be doing for forever. Um, well as long as I'm I'm here, I guess, having this experience on earth. Um and that kind of takes the pressure off. It's like, oh, it, I'm I'm in this for the long run. So Absolutely. I think that's a beautiful way to look at it as well. What what have we missed? And I know that's a conversation that's happening in politics at the moment, particularly in the US, um, with tide shifting and obviously hopefully in Australia too. Um, It's a really great question to ask and it's really nice to be hearing it in the music sector. What have we missed? Not just let's make a change, but like, oh, what do you think we've missed out on because someone was too old or they're a woman or they were singing about sex or, you know, whatever it was from perspective that just didn't resonate with the heads of selection at the time. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, With regards to your influences and hearing sounds on this album, I want to play a track called Into the Fire. With the feeling of the world in my heels Wasn't looking for another 
Because that is just, well, this is what, oh my God. That song is like what we visualize cinematically, you know, like country America is. Like this is like cinematic, late night, campfire, Mm -hmm. stars, smoke. It's so beautiful. And again, thematically, you're talking about this cycle of life and death and Mm -hmm. I think so and this sort of letting go and moving on and shedding of skin it's such a beautiful track it's a real standout on the album and knowing that it's your favorite it's delightful can you talk to me about this one absolutely yeah I love that you asked me about this one um because every a lot of people who who know me um who are close to me have said that that is the standout to them as well and it sounds like the most me um and I I agree with that and I I think yeah it's it's totally again what we've been talking about it's it's this journey that I've been on and it can sound a little bittersweet but I think you make a you know I, I think life is constantly um, a process of making choices and and we are the creators of our reality and I think in that song I really try to dissect the artist's experience and my experience as an artist and I've I have always chosen my path before before anything else and um before anyone else and I think when you're on this very um and you can say lonesome track but I I I don't know if it is a lonesome track because you you're always connecting with people when you're on this path of um following your your true authentic self and all of that kind of thing I think it can actually be the most kind of path with connection um but but when you do follow that path it, and you know you're constantly going through this cycle and, and an artist is so close to the cycle of life and death because that's what, what creating art is and then letting it go into the world and it's not yours any longer i and i know patty smith talks about this a lot you're you're very close to that cycle and um your life can tend to look a little bit like that and, and again not, not in a, a melancholy I mean, always a little melancholy, but not in a really dark way, but you just get used to those cycles of life and learning when to let go and learning when to move on. And and that that track is, you know, specifically my journey of of, of having to let go of, you know, a certain relationship because I'm I'm on my own track and, and I'm on my own path and um that's where I'm gonna go, you know. Um and I think, yeah, we all have choices to make and, and some people choose differently and live their life differently but I guess I've always um yeah been on my my own path gorgeous and it, I tell you what that's going to be a kicker a kicker live like just so beautiful so. oh we've actually we played it yeah we've, we played it for the first time at a festival um a couple of weeks ago and it oh it felt so good it felt so good playing it 
It would, would be an absolute chills moment for the audience and yourself too. That's gorgeous. That's really beautiful. I want to talk to you a little about your very deep involvement, both in feminism and environmental justice sort of movements and issues. You're a writer, you're a speaker, you've always spoken out, you've written songs, you've written pieces about um, basically feminist issues and sexism and hugely on the environment as well. Um, but you also spoke to me about the dangers, I guess, of influencer culture, whether that comes from an artist or um, a model or whoever the influencer is at the time, because that, I guess that could be a, that pedestal can become a burden, shall we say, because of there being mm-hmm. so much information out there quite often. And I've failed at this before as well. You get the wrong information. But if I get the wrong information, I get the wrong information. However, if you're then sharing that information, as we saw recently with um, the last two years, it can get very dangerous. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's so interesting, the world where living in at the moment there's just this constant bombardment of information and you know with cancel culture and having to be aware of what you put out there and firstly I think yes people should be held accountable for the for the terrible things they do um cancel culture it it seems very harsh at times and I I worry sometimes that we're not giving people the space to grow when we literally live in an environment where there's constantly just so much information being thrown at us so I think, yeah, there has to be, and I think when I'm sharing things and I, I try to be transparent about this and I'm constantly reading books and, and trying to learn and listen to people and you've got to be in this space of constantly realising that you don't know, you don't have the answers and that, you know, you should be constantly evolving. Um, and I think that as, as long as you're quite transparent about that and and being more on this this journey of wanting to learn and evolve from other people and and allowing people to come into your journey to 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 learn too um i think that's where the the difference is it's um yeah does that does that kind of make sense yeah absolutely it's it's still fighting for guess your values and what you see is problematic but at the same time constantly saying but I'm still learning and I think that's a really important thing for anyone to do let alone anyone who's in a public space I think it's a good lesson yeah absolutely yeah totally and I I know that there is um I I think for me speaking up about things has always come quite naturally because I've always lent leaned or lent leaned to leaned um (laughs) towards Speaking up, you know, I've always had that social justice thing in me, little fire in me from when I was quite young. So it, it has felt quite natural for my path and my journey. But I, I do often wonder when people have just given so much power as an influencer or whatever, I, I think, and it, you know, something like that might not come naturally to them. And um, speaking from a place that that isn't necessarily with good intentions. And yeah, it's a, it's again, a, a messy one. Um, because of all this information we're giving in and the power of these people who don't really have any expertise in in the areas they're talking about. Um, I think it can be quite a little dangerous, um, especially for, you know, young people who might, who might not, I don't know, be connected to news or, or other avenues of information. You know, they're just finding out and learning about these things through 
you know, whatever their favorite influencer. I think it's, it's, yeah, can be a little worrying. <laughs> it's a little worrying. And then of course that information then can get, then get weaponized um, by opposition to further prove a point about an artist or a young woman or this culture. So yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole muddy mess, but I love the way you approach it. And I also, if I have time, I want to play another song on the album called Crazy. So here we go. This is such a great song because it, it speaks volumes. <laughs> what we've all been hearing for a very long time that um, any woman ever seen to be doing anything other than, I guess, approved behavior or saying the right thing is crazy. Um, she's never a genius. She's just crazy. But you approach this song in such a playful way. Can you talk me through a little bit about this one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, this one's fun. I it came from such a playful place which is not always the case with me it can often you know some tracks come from more of a kind of angry um or frustrated place but this was completely like tongue-in-cheek kind of you know we'll we'll go and call me crazy then it was kind of my way of of poking fun of yeah be, women being called crazy but then also reclaiming it and being like well fuck it i am like because of the way you've treated me i am a little bit crazy um and making it this like dance dancey really upbeat song um and kind of celebrating celebrating it um so yeah it was that one was a a lot of fun to write and was my way of yeah poking fun at that that whole history of of calling women yeah hysterical and crazy as you say if they didn't if they went beyond anything that had been approved behavior so yeah i do do, do love doing this one and of course nothing gets done by shouting sometimes you just have to make them laugh and then by laughing they go oh hang on a second we're assholes <laughs> really that's what yeah. you need <laughs> um you are touring you're singing you're touring with Lime Cordial, you're singing with them, you're singing with yourself, you've got an album. Tell me what is coming up for you. Well, um, after the Lime tour, I'm doing three of my own intimate special shows, just Melbourne, Brisbane and Sydney, which is exciting. And all the, those details are up on, you know, online and all the socials. Um, and then I'm going to, back to America and <clears throat> we'll probably be over there more permanently, which is exciting, a little bit scary. So, and yeah, continuing to, to write music, release music, but um, yeah, that'll be my, I guess, where I call home, I hope for the next little while. That's beautiful. And I'm really pleased for you because I know when we spoke last time as well, we, we talked about that Australia's um, very small and, and man-sized pond <laughs> for um, female pop acts. And 
finding their feet and their strength and their people abroad. And that, that's just unfortunately the case a lot of the time. And then by kicking us there, the rest of this country wakes up and goes, oh, yes, that's right. So I'm just dead pleased for you. <laughs> so I think you have a lot more freedom to move and be heard. Um, thank you so much for chatting with me today. This has really been an absolute delight. Sorry, not even me, us, because everyone's listening. <laughs> Just forgetting about the audience there. Um, everybody, Aluka's debut album, Queen of Turbulent Hearts, is out right now. You can get it across all platforms. So please just give it a stream or a download immediately as it is first class. She is touring across April, May and June. And you can get more info and tickets on her website, alukamusic.com, or follow her on social media, Aluka Music. Before we go, do not forget it is your last chance to grab a copy of Issue 11 of Women in Pop magazine with the killing black pink on the cover. Go to womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe to get your copy now and stay tuned for Issue 12 out very soon. Thank you for listening today. We shall be back with you again very soon with a new episode. Until then, from myself and Aluka, goodbye. Ha <laughs>